Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we give you the latest OU football updates, including players doing community service. And we're about to find out how strict Brent Venables commits not taking other visits policy is. Then OU softball head coach Patty Gasso joins us to talk about the regular season, update everyone on Jordy Ball's status, and discuss OU's Norman Regional in the NCAA softball tournament. We finish up giving you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, May 18th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And the Beats and Bites Festival starts this month. Night Ranger and Starship will be performing May 28th. It's $5 general admission, and kids under 12 get in free. There will be a ton of food trucks, and there will be all kinds of things for the kids, including face painting, and an inflatable obstacle course. To buy tickets, visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Wednesday morning, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Also, we are, we're starting to finalize our sponsorships for football season. So if you want to sponsor the podcast, email the Oklahoma Breakdown at gmail.com. We got the GOAT. The GOAT is on here. Patty Gasso, Ted, she... She didn't have to give us the time, but she did. I love her so much. It's awesome. Yeah, she's she's amazing. A uh, very busy time of the year. So to get her on for a couple of minutes is big time. She's awesome. Yeah, and a pretty in-depth Jordy Ball update. So very in-depth. Yeah, you guys are you guys are gonna love that. But let's talk a little OU football before we talk OU softball with Coach Gasso. And wanted to start with the sole mission stuff, 
right? Because Brent Venables, he, he's talked so much about this being kind of the backbone of the program, right? Kind of a foundational piece of what this program is going to be. And the stuff coming out that the Soul Mission is doing this week, it, it, it's pretty cool because right now it's that small window between school ending and summer workouts starting. And you only, as a player, you only get a couple of weeks away. And I think it's extremely valuable time for, for guys to reset, right? To get away from it just for a little bit, see their families, you know, just have some time. And, and a lot of guys on OU's team, they have taken this time, which is their time, to not only better themselves, but to impact others in the community and not necessarily in, you know, the state of Oklahoma, but in the state of Florida, a a group of 24 guys went down to South Florida for a community service project with Scott Lake elementary school. And Ted, the videos are awesome, man. It's awesome. It looks like they're having a good time. Um, those guys, they're, they're not just kind of going down there and hanging out and letting the other people kind of run the event. They're involved. Um, they're, they're bringing a lot of energy to it. The kids are, are just eating it up. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, and it, you, just from the videos, and I've talked to a couple guys that have been down there doing some, you know, some, some painting, right, moving some stuff around, helping rearrange the classrooms, but – the, the cool stuff is the interaction with the kids. And I think it's really cool seeing those videos of them spending time with those kids in the classroom, eating meals with them. They're doing some dancing. Like, and then the, the dance best video all, was great. The dance that kids like clearing everyone. out. I was like, get out of the way. <laughs> hey, move, move. It's my time, which yeah, I, I loved. I, I love seeing stuff like that. But maybe my favorite one is it, it sounds like, that one day they were with those fifth graders and they were about to take, I don't, I I'm guessing it's like one of those state state assessment tests, right. For, uh, it, for science. And it looks like they, they got the hype train going for them. It was, uh, it was pretty cool to see. No, it's really cool. You know, and just, just thinking about it, like at the time, whenever you're, you're in college, uh, you, you probably don't realize the impact that you have on these kids. And I, I can't, I, like, I didn't have that happen when I was a kid and I can only imagine what it would be like to have like uh, these, what look like giants, you know, coming into your classroom and hyping you up. And I know there's a lot of kids that aspire to be where they are one day. It's just gotta be really cool. Yeah. And you think about, you know, th- this whole, this whole philosophy of being the uncommon man, right? And that's where I look at this stuff. And it's not like things like this haven't been happening at OU for a long time, but to have the sole mission group and to have those four or five guys there who, whose sole mission is to help these guys grow as men, it, it's, it, it's different. It feels different and it's going to continue to feel different. And they're putting, they're putting a lot of money into this thing. And to see things like this, that, 
that are already happening so quickly, right? It's not like this thing has been in place for a long time. So to see them already doing this type of stuff, it's just, it's really cool. And it's one of those moments where for me, I'm just like, yeah, things are going to be, things should be a little different under BV. They're just going to be a little different. And I think, I, I do think that the fan base sees this type of stuff and it really, it really aligns with the values of the fan base, you know, serving others, you know, helping out, not, not only your community, but other communities in need, like helping out kids, you know, being role models, maybe for some kids that don't, don't necessarily think that maybe college is in their future or college athletics is in their future, showing them that you can do it, preaching that message to them. It's just, it's all very cool to witness. It is. It is. Um, I'll, I'll say it. There's a football part of it, too. You know, here they are. They're taping, taking a trip, you know, down to South Florida. It's, you know, the tentacles of Oklahoma football reaching out uh, to and having a, um, a, a presence at an early age. And, you know, obviously it's covered on social media here by OU, but it's also, I'm sure, going to be covered in local media. And there's some new Oklahoma fans in that that school, right? So, I wow. <laughs> listen. I there is always a method to the madness, right? That's they right. could have gone a lot of places. They went. They went to Miami Dade County, and now they didn't um, go to North Dakota. For this. they, they are they are not in Vermont. <laughs> So you're, you're right, but that is, you know, it, it's, you know, serving that community, but also, yeah, there, there tends to, uh, tends to be an athlete or two that come, uh, from, from that area in the state of Florida. And I don't think it hurts at all establishing those relationships, uh, getting on the local news like they were on and having, a having some, some families of some potential players coming up see that type of stuff and associate Brent Venables and Oklahoma and the sole mission uh with with a lot of positivity in that community I don't think that I don't think that hurts at all right well I I I honestly think it's awesome and you mentioned the biggest part of it is the guys on the team a big group of guys on the team not turning their nose up at, at an opportunity like that and saying, ah, you know what? This is, this is one of the rare times throughout the calendar that I can do what I want to do. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some downtime. I'm going to go whatever, whatever it is that, that those guys want to do in and take the time to go do this thing. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. And then a couple of the other guys, uh, micro, internships ted would you have liked to take would you have liked to take part in a micro internship during, during yeah. your college experience the more micro the better right <laughs> i would the i would the the microist of micro internships no but you saw weatherman jay looks like he's getting some tv time down in jupiter florida getting some reps got some other guys doing stuff at local banks i mean that's that's also guys in their time when it really is one of the few windows you have during the calendar to, to get away and they have chosen, Hey, 
I, I'm going to get some real life experience. And that's also like, that's big time. And I don't remember that happening. Uh, I mean, maybe I, and I know the the rules have changed a little bit, but that is, that's important to me. Like guys getting real life experience with, with successful companies or, you know, trying to build for their career after football. I mean, that is, that's just another example of, yeah, things, things under Brent, Brent Venables, the, the Brent Venables effect. It's a, uh, it's a little different, man. Yeah, it's changed. I remember whenever I was, I think I was, I think it was the summer in between my freshman and sophomore year. And I knew some guys that had done it previously. They were, they said, if you want a job to make some money during the summer, we can, we can help get you lined up with something. And the first year I didn't do it. The second year I was like, okay, they said, go see Merv, uh, coach Merv. If you, if you want a job, I went up there and he's like, <laughs> I've got a, yeah, I got a job. There's a company that is uh roofing houses that would, uh, that has a spot for you. I've roofed houses before. I did that in the summer when I was in high school. I was like, ah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. After summer workouts, going to roof houses would, I, I, there's a very high percentage chance that you would die on a rooftop somewhere. Just pass out and roll off the roof. That, Brutal. that is a horrible idea. <laughs> horrible. That's- My roommate got a, got a job at a golf course. It basically, uh, like he would come home every day, uh, Lance Donnelly. He'd come home covered in like grass at, from like you know running a weed eater and stuff like that, and it just like collapsed. <laughs> I was like, "You're crazy, dude. You're crazy." The the only thing I did like, and it was this window, I somehow got to go to Ireland before my senior year, before summer workouts. It was me, Blake Bell, Trey Millard, and we were there for, I don't know, like 12 or 13 days, and it was a lot of fun. I <laughs> we bet. Had, we had a very good time. We were not uh, – no community service project. Actually, that's not true. We got to do some stuff with uh, some kids there, but it, it was uh, – I think it was a little different than what the uh, what the guys did down in, in Florida this week. Just a little. Well, I'll say this, though. For the guys that are doing some of the internship stuff, there's no better time than when you are currently a player than to go because like it's cool to go do an internship, but it's way cooler for the people that are having you in as an intern than it is for you, right? And like you're a big deal whenever you go in there and everyone wants to meet you and everyone in the whole whole building is like, oh my God, there's an OU player here uh, doing an internship. Like that stuff lasts. Now, whenever you are done playing and I don't know what you do for a couple of years, then you try to enter the workforce. It's like, oh, you play it. When did you play again? What was your name again? It, it's totally different. So whenever you could take advantage of it uh, right now, whenever you're with the program, that's awesome. Strike while the iron's hot, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So let's, let's talk a little recruiting, right? And, and we do not pretend to be super dialed in 
to the recruiting scene, you know, but we, we dabble every once in a while. And I understand that some fans getting a little antsy, right. About the lack of commitments for OU's 2023 class. And you look at it currently right now, I believe OU's got the 23rd ranked class in the 24 seven composite. They only have five commits. So just not a lot right now, but Brent Venables has told us he, he's not going to rush kids to commit at this point. We've all heard the stance on kids committing and, you know, kind of the spiel on that and what he expects from guys once they have committed. But you see, you know, he, he's talked about it, uh, about it recently at a few of the caravan spots that they're going to start to hopefully see some fruits of their labor, right? He, he expects things to start ramping up here in late May and June and July. They've, they've developed those relationships. Uh, they feel good about it, right? When it comes to guys in the 2023 class and guys in the 2024 class, you got the champ, you barbecue the first weekend in June. So Ted, an important stretch here for OU recruiting. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it, it's going to be difficult. This is going to be a tough class for them. You know, this, this first class you're, you're going on, you don't have the, the long committed relationships with some of the recruits. You don't have any of your, um, your exploits to recruit off of. You, you can't say, you know, look how great we've done yet. Um, so you're, you're, you're trying to sell something that, Hasn't even been, it's not even off the line, the assembly line yet. But um, I imagine that this, this recruiting class is going to take shape differently than future recruiting classes. My guess is it's going to be a little later. And yeah, it's, it's my guess is that people are going to get antsy and it's going to continue. I do think that Champion Barbecue is going to be big and they will start to see some of the payoff coming but I honestly expect it to be a late committing class not just because of coach Venable's philosophy on commitments but because of the current situation and you know not not having seen this team in action because it all sounds great right now it all sounds amazing like the way that they're approaching everything sounds awesome but I'm sure that there's some kids that are saying I just want to make sure it's real. Let me see how this, this team plays and how this system looks and, and, and all of those things as they, as they head into the season. So I do think it's going to be a later class. I could be wrong. Maybe it all starts to pour in here at the champion barbecue, but I do expect it to take place a little later than it typically does. Yeah. And this kind of transitions us right into call your shot, right? Because we asked you guys the most important thing, that happened this week for OU football. And this first one comes from Blake D. Bernard. He says, wide receiver commit Ashton Cozart has decided to visit Oregon. So we will get to see what happens when someone breaks BV's no visits while being committed rule. So just for a little reminder, and I think I'm saying his name right. Cozart, is that right? I think so, yeah. So Ashton Cozart, he is, I guess he's going to visit Oregon. Four-star wide receiver from the Flower Mound area. He committed back in February. Are we going to see a decommitment graphic from OU 
Is that how this works now nowadays? Does is it like he has to step on the campus and it automatically like the decommitment graphic automatically posts? Like how's it work? I don't know. I it is interesting though because really it's you know it, it it's always going to be up to the player and that's a calculated risk that you take as a player that you know whenever you open up your recruitment to other places that the original place you committed to is no longer there. That scholarship's no longer there. My guess is it still will be, but yeah, I, it's interesting. I know a lot of it's, it's controversial. Coach Venable's take on commitments is controversial, but he is, he's selling a total experience, a holistic experience that is built on accountability, the coaching staff accountability towards the players, the players accountability towards the program. And that doesn't ring true. If you're not going to start off on the right foot, if, if, if we're not going to start off holding you accountable from the very beginning on, on the commitment aspect of it, I know it's controversial and I get it. And I know a lot of people are going to blame lower recruiting classes or the lack of commitments on that. But I have, I will never have a problem with someone holding somebody else to their word. I don't have a problem with that. And I never will. And I understand that not everyone does that. And that's some, sometimes not how the game is played in college football recruiting, but I will not have a problem with with somebody, a staff, a program, holding somebody to their word. That's what we're supposed to do as humans. Right, and the only thing that makes me a little worried, and I, listen, Brim Venables, if he says something, he means it. And he backs it up. So he's he's made it pretty clear what the stance is if, you know, if a guy that's committed takes visits, he's made it very clear. But we've talked about USC having an organ problem. Maybe everyone's got an organ problem, man. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and we had heard before he ever even went to Oregon and, uh, you know, pre-NIL stuff that, Lanning will do what it takes to get the recruiting done, right? Correct. So um, it is no shock. But, you know, just kind of back to the, like you said, Venables is going to hold you to your word and, and all of that things. When he says something, he means it. And it's the same thing with this. If you say something and don't mean it, well, then everything else you say is up to be questioned, isn't it? So I, I honestly, I have no problem with it. I, and frankly, this kid may be great. And recruiting matters. Getting more talented players, it, it matters. But I am a firm believer that it does, like, this you're, recruiting you're, class, I, I don't you're care. You're a believer in the culture. Yeah, I don't vision. care where the exactly. Yeah. I don't care where the recruiting class ends up being ranked. 
I don't care who the players are that end up signing on because I know whenever they get here, the development's going to be through the roof. That is ultimately what's going to win you a championship. You got it. Right. There's, there's no doubt you got to sprinkle in talent. You, you absolutely have to sprinkle in talent and you've got to have some, some big time players. And I think that's going to happen, but I am not at all going to get hung up on recruiting rankings and where the, the, the total class ends up being ranked because I don't think Clemson had a, had a, a class higher than maybe number eight before they won their two national championships. The high recruiting classes for Clemson came after that. Right. Yeah. I, I just think you look at the rankings right now, like you see Notre Dame at number one, Uh, they've got 13 commits. Did you, do you know who number two is right now? And it's not going to last because their average star ranking isn't going to, going to keep them at the top, but. I was just looking at it on two four seven yesterday, but it's I'm, it's not ringing a bell because I know this early on it's all scattered. Texas Tech, yeah, they've got twenty commits. Look at Joey McGuire go. I I still think Joey McGuire is, I think he's he's excellent, and you know his class is, they're not going to end up number two. They're no. probably not going to end up in the top twenty five. But I think that he. You look at what he did at Baylor. He is excellent. He knows so many people in Texas. He gets the under-recruited guys that coaches say, hey, this kid, I know he's a three-star, but I'm telling you, he's going to turn into a player. And those guys, we saw it at Baylor. How many guys at Baylor turned into elite Big 12 players that were not highly recruited, you know, when, when they were coming out of high school. So I think that's going to be the same type of formula there at Texas tech. Now, does he have the staff that can develop them like Baylor Baylor's had some excellent staffs the last couple of years. Can they get the development that they got at Baylor? I don't know, but I think he's going to be able to recruit that same type of guy. Yeah. You talk about a, a relationships guy. That guy knows oh, no. everyone yep. in the state of Texas. All right. Birthday shout outs time. Happy 12th birthday to Ava Ward, Eva, Ava, E-V-A, Eva Ward. Eva is how I would have gone. I think it's Eva Ward. So nicely done. Happy 14th birthday to Brody Beast Mode Smith. Yeah. Happy 19th birthday and happy graduation to Christian Forbes. Happy 23rd birthday to Noah Ramos. Happy 34th birthday to Tyler Ferguson. Happy 39th birthday to Kristen Robinson. Happy birthday to the pride of Enid, Oklahoma, Grant Romus. Happy birthday to Miles Anschutz. Happy birthday to Creed Earl Williams. And happy birthday to jesse benitez yeah all right it's time for the goat fatty gasso but first the only place to stop when you're road tripping is loves travel stops loves has over 600 locations in 41 states offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places whatever your road trip needs are loves has it fuel fresh food all the snacks and drinks including my favorite yes java amore that coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile to go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. 
Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise, both sporting them today. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off, buttery soft, and 10% off. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence, with a 12-to-1 student-to-teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. All right. It's Patty Gasso time. It is our pleasure to be joined by the best softball coach in America. Patty Gasso is in the house. What's going on, coach? Oh, nothing. Just getting ready for the most enjoyable part of the season. So, yeah, there's, yeah there, there's no doubt about that. Uh, everyone is, you know, the state of Oklahoma is on fire for softball right now and coach I want to start it with this the kind of the mantra for the program is the championship mindset right and that is that is what this time of year is all about for you and your players what what does that championship mindset entail for you uh, a lot of things but really um you got to be really connected as a team going forward. You have to have a really tight connection. And to me, a championship mindset is like you're really rooting for each other in every at bat, like you're engaged, you're paying attention, you're focusing on what we're doing. Um, Your mind is clear. You're very confident. You're free to swing, you're free thinking, you're free moving, you're not getting all clouded with thoughts in your own mind or overthinking or questioning, you know, you just have to be as free and really trust that process because it sounds so easy and it's not, but in our game, there's so much time to stand around that your mind can really mess you up. And so it's really trying to be free in every way, shape, and form, and just really create this bond and just this like unmovable force offensively, defensively, where you get really have to have all cylinders working as you go into postseason. So that's what our goal is right now. We've come together and just started a whole new reset. And during our games, one of the things we talk about in the seven inning game, we talk about the first three innings and just setting your standard. The fourth and fifth are like work innings. Now we got to really get to work. We got to really set our tone, continue to push. 
And six and seven are your championship innings. And that's where you need to be your best. That's where you come through. That's where clutch comes from. And that's where we are in our season. We're in the sixth and seventh inning. In other words, we're in our championship style season. So everything needs to be working well and working right. That's an interesting point. The, the time that you have in your sport, um, like say you have a strikeout, you may have to go stand out in the outfield, um, not get a ball and then maybe not get another at bat for, you know, a couple of innings. So that can, that, um, the failure can really weigh on you. And, you know, you guys are, are coming off of that, the loss against Oklahoma state and there's time there before you kind of head into the, the postseason, even more so is, is that a challenge after a game like that to keep that focus, as you talked about, like in the frame of a game, but also within kind of where you're at in the season. Yeah, it's not a challenge. It's a quick, real reset The the team was not happy with the way they played. They were not happy with the outcome and, uh, all they want to do is get back on the field and get it right. So there's that's a new refreshing attitude. Like we can't go into postseason and have a game where we're just, you know, not hitting on all cylinders. So they're really amped for that. We're also doing a lot of things kind of team oriented. We went out to beautiful Lake Thunderbird last night for a sunset uh powwow and just kind of a little fire pit type you know you just try to create those moments Justin Allo made a comment last night that got her a little emotional and she's like I I'm scared of what my future looks like because this is all I've known for five years so you're starting to hear some real comments real human comments because it's almost like we've been robotic through the entire season, like win another game, win another game. So it was just nice to hear them let down their guard a bit. Um, and those things you can take to the field with you. You know, you're fighting for the person as well as just the university or just, you know, for advancement. So I'm, uh, I'm anxious. I'm excited. They're, they really look a little bit different once uh, that game on Saturday, we got back to the field got back uh, working. They look, they look fresh. They look, they look ready. I'm really excited about this. That is, that's, that's exciting to hear coach. Now going, going back to the championship innings, how, how hard is it for you when, when you, you have 35 run rule games, how hard is it for you to simulate that pressure, whether it's for your pitchers, for your hitters in those sixth and seventh innings, when really you didn't play a lot of those, especially you didn't play a lot of them in tight games. So how, how do you and your staff like try to simulate them feeling that pressure? Yeah, we do it a lot. Actually, we, we are fans of crowd noise. I hate it. It's so irritating, but (laughs) If it irritates them, then I know that I've got something going on, you know, so try to stir their emotions or kind of rattle them in different ways. Um, I take the microphone and I just kind of call out the, the situations. Every hitter might have a different situation, a different count. Um, And we kind of set the tone and, 
kind of give it a second to sink in and then we get after it. So it is constant challenge. And some of the best games we've had are inner squads. And if I could have it um, televised for you, you would enjoy watching Jordy Ball facing Jocelyn Allo or, you know, some of these matchups and the way they play at practice is very, very game-like. And you, if, if you saw it, you would enjoy it. And, and that's what we, that's our standard. That's part of your championship mindset is just making your practice as hardworking and intense and everything you expect to see in a game. So we, we did that as early as yesterday. We were just getting after it right, right from the start. Now, you mentioned Jordy Ball there. I was trying to give enough time to let Gabe ask the question, but I'll <laughs> go ahead and dive right in here. Uh, Jordy Ball out over the weekend. What's the thoughts as you, you're heading into uh, the postseason here? Yeah, um, she is out, and she was out, but we are still hopeful. And this is going to come down to a doctor. It's x-rays. It's her forearm. It's what her forearm looks like. There's a, um, there was a time when she couldn't lift her arm. Um, it happened on Saturday. Uh, let's see, when was it? A week, the, the weekend Saturday that we played Oklahoma State here. And she fielded a ground ball in our pregame warm-up, threw it, and felt something just really um, attack her forearm. And went in, said it, it felt it was hurting so badly. They got the x-ray. And she's been in constant care and everything we can do to help her through it. The pain has subsided substantially. Um, her x-ray happens today. And it's going to come down to the doctor. And it's probably going to come down to pain tolerance and what she can what she can handle and what she can't or bigger. I, we don't know yet, but uh, it has been done. And I know that for a fact, because I talked to one of the best pitchers that ever played our game named Jenny Finch. And uh, she finished a season 32 and 0 with um, a fractured forearm. And she talked me through what it felt like. And so I'm not going to, have Jordy do anything she's not ready to do. I'm not going to have Jordy do anything the doctor doesn't agree that she can do. So we're ready one way or the other. Right now, our mindset is we're, we're doing this without her. Everybody step up. Let's do our thing. If she is able to pitch, it will just be a bonus for us. That, yeah, that's certainly a, a massive storyline going into the regional coach. So with, with, Jordy's status being uncertain, how does that change the preparation for Nicole May and Hope Trout one? Um, it really doesn't. I think they know they're capable. They've showed it. They handled it. Um, our home weekend, they handled it well at Hall of Fame. We just, the few things that we had problems with one was, um, based on balls, but also our offense was stagnant and that's not like us. So we know it's not really on those two. They just need to do their job. And when they do, they do it very well. Our offense needs to step forward and help this cause. Um, but um, 
no, there's no, there's no boo-hoo for us because we, I, I'm going to expect that you're going to see Jordy ball. I just am by how she's made. She's made differently. She is made differently. And there's going to have to be something so substantial to keep her off the, the mound. And with the way things are going right now, it looks more hopeful than it did a week ago, for sure. That's good news. So yeah. what do you think about the draw for the regional and just kind of the overall, um, like the scope of, of the country this year and what you see from some of the top teams and what you think th- this year's tournament's going to look like? I think the committee did a really um, much more thorough job. To me, it seemed like they did their homework. They were watching games. Everybody cares first and foremost about their own. And I know ours is tough. I, Texas A&M plays in the best conference in the country. And you might have more losses than others, but you're also playing tougher games than anyone else. So they are not afraid of us. They know how to win and win big, uh, as does Minnesota. We played them earlier, but they've had success against Northwestern, who is their uh, a top nine seed. Uh, so I know we're going to have to be very good in this regional, but as I look, there are some that might be a little bit softer than others, but that seems to always be the case. Always seems to be that Alabama has a softer one. I don't know if it's because of where they're located and travel partner, you know, what, what matches up. Who it can tends drive. to work out in football the same way. I don't it's, <laughs> huh. it's, it's strange. It's real huh. weird. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, um, I think they're no big, like, what? And last year there was more than a few of those. And we were involved with one of them, with Washington. So uh, I feel like it's it, it was thought out much better um, and relatively fair across the board. Patty, when – when you guys get your regional, right, when, when the selection show happens and, and you see what the draw is, wh- what is the process like? What, like? what are the next steps for you and your staff? Like, ha- how do you approach when you know the teams that are going to be in your regional? Like, what, uh, take us through kind of what, what that sets in motion. Yeah, well, as soon as the team leaves the house, then – we sit around my kitchen table and we just all have our laptops out and um, we're pulling Patrick, um, our SID is pulling all the stats for us. We're calling coaches that we know have played. Some of these were getting inside information. You've got all the like six, four, three, the spray charts. You've got all kinds of technology that uh, we are signed up with that brings us all this information so that we could put it up on our screen um, yesterday and show these athletes what we're dealing with Um, from every picture that we're going to face to, I mean, every stat, every number, every tendency. Uh, Softball has come a long way when it comes to technology. There's so much involved than it used to be, you know, Um, you just, start everybody's looking at video they're picking off like two games from texas a&m's another grad assistants picking two others and we're just gathering all our information together again just trying to 
use what we see on video, but also what technology brings us as well. So there's, it's, it's a process for sure. To that point, you, you mentioned, you know, in the Oklahoma State game that the, the offense was, was a little stagnant. And I'm curious, is, is that perhaps some of that technology coming in whenever you've played a team so many times in a short span? Or is there something in the offense that you feel like is, is, needs to be addressed as you move forward? Because my natural thought is once you get into a regional against some teams that you haven't been playing as much that the offense is going to bounce back. No, we'll bounce back. I think um, Saturday was about heroics. I think there were big swings and a lot of and – a ton of fly balls. And Hall of Fame is – in Oklahoma is quite interesting because the wind will dictate a lot for you. So if the wind is blowing one way, you better be ready to pull the ball over – you know, there's certain fields that you know – a ball will go to die. And that's what we were doing. We were hitting a lot of balls up in the air that were just hanging there. Um, but there were, there were some good swings, but they were just a little too big. Um, and we just, if we would have hit the ball a little bit harder on the ground, thought we would have had more success, but there was just, that's kind of unlike us, but when you're on a big stage, sometimes you can want to be that hero. And um we just, it, it didn't work for us. The, the wind, the, it was heavy, heavy. Um, the air was just so heavy that balls weren't going out. We hit some hard. They just didn't go anywhere. So the contact is good, but just the, sometimes too, we're just chasing when you're heroic, trying to be heroic, we're chasing balls out of the zone and uh, just not squaring things up the way we're used to. Now I give credit to, their pitching staff, they did a really good job against us. Um, but we brought it back to Norman and we've made some adjustments and I think you're going to see a big difference. Coach, I know that the, the most important portion of the season is here moving forward. But as you, as you think about the regular season and what the team accomplished, who, who are a couple of individuals maybe that, kind of outperformed your expectations coming into the season where you're looking at it now going, man, she, I mean, she played really, really well. Maybe I didn't see, you know, that high level of play coming. It, it's hard to answer that because so many of them are returners that I, I knew so much about them coming in. I think what part of our problem was our numbers were so fantastic last year that some of our athletes have been chasing those numbers and the opposite has been happening. So um, I would say the newcomer Alyssa Brito has come in and solidified the left field position and really done a good job, like second half of the season and in conference, hitting the ball very well, coming in clutch. Lindsay Elam was on a tear where I think she hit like four or six home runs in a row consecutively. So all of them have had spurts, but um, I feel postseason notoriously brings out the best in our team and they know it's at stake and it's exciting and they're playing at home. I, I just feel there's going to be a lot of different heroes these next three weekends. Um, but I, they're all doing what I expect just because of, 
what they've done the year before. And uh, they're that good that anybody could be a hero at any time. We don't have to wait for Jocelyn Allo to hit it out. This team has hit over 115 or 112 home runs, um, which is throughout the board. I mean, from Grace Lyons, Lindsay Elam, I mean, top to bottom in the lineup, anyone could change a game in one swing. And so um, that's what we're looking forward to. I think it's so cool. You know, I know you've got, you got the new stadium coming and um, some upgrades as well coming. But, you know, you've got the regional now. Did you ever imagine that you'd be watching a game and you'd have a couple hundred people or however many people just not standing room only waiting outside watching uh, just that it's grown so big. It's just so cool to see that happen. Yeah. I, I've been here for 28 years and started over across the street at Reeves park where there was maybe 50 people in the stands and they were afraid to sit on the wooden bleachers because they were <laughs> falling on them. So we, I mean, we literally, to me, it was like, being on a uh on a blacktop of a bat if you had a basketball court you're playing on the blacktop um moving over to marita Hines field um definitely it's like stepping into a a two-story house now look at us um but we just can't accommodate everyone so the home run village was a thought of ours last year and that's turned into probably seven or 800 people out there, not even in the stadium, but just wanting to be part of the sounds of the stadium, watching us on a big screen TV, hoping that someone hits a home run so their kids can chase it. It's, it's really looks like a really fun environment out there. Uh, but what is, what's on all of our minds is that we're going from the two story house to a high rise with the loves <laughs> love stadium and that this is the one piece of the puzzle that's been missing from our program since i've been here is just a legitimate stadium that can lead us into the sec that can see three to four thousand people and room for more if needed so um i am just so excited about the future but um to see what this is what softball fans have done in this state and supporting us and Oklahoma State. There were 7,000 people at the Big 12 tournament. Um, that's Those are numbers that the World Series was seeing not too long ago. So uh, I don't know exactly how or why, but um, I do feel the Sooners are a little part of the excitement of the fans wanting to get closer to the sport and ESPN taking it on and saying, let's show you what female athletes look like and then play the game. Well, people love it. It's two and a half hours. It's not four and a half hours. So you still have time in the day to be with your family and so forth. But um, there's a lot of spirit in our sport. There's a lot of cheering and a lot of, energy and a lot of passion and i think people love to see that as well coach we we really appreciate the time i know you're extremely busy right now if you want to say anything else to the fans 
go ahead. We'll, you, you can just take this thing over. It we'll, we'll let you do that. But other than that, man, thank you so much for the time. And we, we cannot wait to watch your team play in the postseason. The only thing I want to say is I hope people know that two elite Sooner football players have the headphones on right now. So <laughs> you want to be listening to me, but these are the guys that built, help build OU football and continue to live in elite status. So I'm, I'm just a squirrel. You guys are the main attraction. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, Patty, yeah, you're the right. best. Thanks. It's awesome. But the fact you guys support us means a lot. That That is a whole nother. We're getting respectable um, press and interest from everybody in it. We just appreciate you guys following and pumping up uh, college softball. It means a lot to us. People love it. I mean, yeah, they love it. I, I was talking to someone love. yesterday, and, and there's no doubt in my mind, OU softball, I mean, it is – it's inching closer and closer to OU football and popularity. Like, <laughs> well, wait a minute. Say, let me, let me, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I'm just saying when you talk about, and I not to disparage any other athletic program at OU or anything, but it's football. And then I don't think there's any doubt, Ted softball is number two in popularity. I don't Oh, oh well, I damn near had a mutiny on my hands, coach, whenever the ESPN broadcast went down when it was going to oh extra innings. Uh, I had a bunch of people from the neighborhood over hanging out by the pool. It, it was mayhem, <laughs> mayhem. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, that's another um, big wow moment for me because I've lived in OU football and lived here for so long, and I, I understand it. And I get it, and it – you – Football is the king. We'll happily be the queen. Happily you, be your. I mean, there is no doubt you guys are the queens <laughs> of the state of Oklahoma. Patty, you're the best. Thank you. All right. Thanks, you guys. She is awesome. I mean, she's a rock star, man. She's the best. Uh, it's no mystery as to why those teams continue to be so good year in, year out. Uh, excellent at what she does. Excellent at demanding the best from that team. Love it. I, I will say, I think, I think it's cool that the fan base is now aware of what Jordy Ball is going to battle through. That, I, I mean, I, I feel like that will only get the OU softball fans even more behind. That I mean, she's talented enough, right? But now knowing she's battling through that, like, let's go, Jordy. We got your back. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it, 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 how cool is it to be able to dial up uh, one of the best ever and just be like, oh, hey, you know, how was this injury when you had it? It's like calling Nolan Ryan, you know, and being like, hey, you know, what was, what was it like whenever you had to go through this that one time? Just that's really cool stuff. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first, it's time to get back out on the golf course, people. And there's nothing better to drink on the course than the number one seltzer in golf, Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that is already winning national awards because their product is delicious. It tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. They're not just for the golf course either. They're perfect to drink by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. 
If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is coming out soon. To find a place near you that has Clubby's, visit clubbyseltzers.com. And attention, business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Yeah, you do. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Heavy biased pick here for winner of the week. It's Oklahoma golf fans uh, going out to Southern Hills. Tiger Woods looking good, feeling better, feeling stronger. I, I'm telling you, Gabe, something, something good is going to happen. I can feel it, okay? I can feel it with Tiger. It's going to be hot. Tiger's better whenever it's hot. Keeps that body loose. This is going to be something big. It's going to be awesome out there. I I think the conditions. You, do you hear him talk about the course? Uh, in his presser, he he was talking about like there. There's more variety now for shots. This, it sounds like he likes how the thing is lining up for him. That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, it's not just hit it three fifty and wedge it in there. There's there's more shot making out there, and I think you know as as he gets older that type of uh, styles probably does benefit him way more. He he's an iron player. And I think that's going to be the strength of his, his game moving forward. So when the course is set up like that, I, yeah. And he feels good. He feels strong. He's moving. Well, everyone that's following him around says he looks totally different than the masters. The masters was, you know, just because the time of year was cooler. Um, this, I think this is setting up nicely. I I'm with you. The, the only, I guess the only negative, and I hope I'm not stealing your loser. The only negative for golf fans going there is that $18 Michelob ultra. What are we doing, man? Right. Okay. Before, before you get too angry, it is, it's a 25 ounce Michelob ultra, right? So it's like a, which, is a, I mean, straight up tall boy. So it's really like a $9 beer, which still not great, but does that change your stance knowing that it's a tall boy at all? No, not at all. Does it change my stance at all? Um, it actually makes it worse, but you were nodding. Yes. I know. Here's the thing. It's actually. Okay, enjoy the first 10 ounces of your $18 beer cold and, you know, the final 15 ounces of it 
uh, starting at lukewarm and ending in hot uh, in the 92 degree heat and then come back and stand in a line for, you know, 30 more minutes to get another beer. There's other things to be upset about. Number one, I'm not going to be there and I'm not going to have to pay the $18 beer. Okay. Um, I feel bad for the people serving it because everyone's going to be pissed and you know, it's probably not going to work out well in the tip jar. You know, that's just kind of, kind of how everything goes. But um, I guess there's other things in life to be upset about. If you get a, a really nice show out there and I think it is going to be a great tournament, well then I guess maybe it's worth it, but it just does feel like someone's like gouging you for no reason. It really does. uh, I'm with you, and we are going. We're going Saturday and Sunday, and uh, my wife, one of her family businesses, uh, did a sponsorship thing. I've been told I can't call it a tent. I've been instructed that the people at Southern Hills would like for us to refer to it as a chalet. Which, which oh, I, yes. I don't, I don't know what that word means, and I absolutely refuse to refer to it <laughs> as that. But I, when she told me that, dude, I was like, "What does that even mean?" That is hilarious. Uh, but if, I, if think, it, I think, I think there's going to be alcohol. Tent, they could only serve. They could only uh, charge twelve dollars. But since they're chalets, it's going to be eighteen. I. I don't know. I, I assume there's going to like, it's going to be stocked with alcohol. Cause I don't think this thing was cheap. Right. And I think they're going to have like some clients and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I'm just going where I'm told, but yeah, even I saw those beer prices and I was just like, come on, man. Like that's not the Oklahoma way of doing it's things. Not. Go real cheap and let's all get real lubed up and have a time. Go cheap. Uh, have everyone talking about how great it was, not how expensive it was. Uh, if I was a younger man and I was a real renegade, I'd find a way to sneak in like a thousand cold beers and just start giving them away to everyone. <laughs> Pocket shots, Ted. Pocket, <laughs> Pocket shots. shots. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the week? I had to go with Nathan Ivaldi. Um, I've, I've been going heavy baseball recently. I did the Cincinnati Reds who threw a no hitter and lost. We've got another historic performance uh, from the Red Sox. Only the third player ever to allow five home runs in a single inning. Uh, <laughs> what a performance. Uh, I feel bad for the guy. You never know what's going to happen. Um, the other thing is it's the Astros. So maybe they got onto his signals a little bit somehow, which is you, what you think they might have figured something out. Sounds Did you like see that. his line? Uh, 1.2 innings pitched, eight hits, nine runs, six earned runs, five home runs, zero strikeouts. So what? what is that? That's got to be like a, a ERA of like 80. So you, you said maybe they figured out the signals, but also here's this pitch chart. I think that's a problem when you're just stroking it right down the middle, uh, right above the belt consistently to the Astros hitters. Let's start painting the edges a little bit more. Let's yeah, let's work the bat, the the black a little bit, shall we, Nathan? Uh, it's, it's like he, um, they may want to check him for color blindness. 
when they were showing him the heat map for some of these hitters, I think he had his spots mixed up a little bit. The the ultimate troll by one of those Astros hitters would be like, hey, I think I'm going to do the home run derby. And could Valdi, could he be the guy that, <laughs> Call him that, in. that throws to me? Hey, I know we've only uh, briefly met before, but what are you doing All-Star Weekend? Uh, you, got any, you got anything going on? You free? You got some free time? You don't have a trip planned, do you? You should save your money. I'll send you an Astros uniform and you, you can you just deal it up for me in the home run derby. No, nope, I thought that was uh, unfortunate, but uh, notable nonetheless. Look at you. Football guys talking baseball. That's what we do. Apparently. That's, uh, that's what happens whenever you've got a kid playing baseball these days, I guess. You start to uh, start. Are to you becoming in. like a big baseball guy because your son? Or, no? Reluctant? Mm. I, I definitely enjoy it more now because it kind of brought me back into it. I played whenever I was younger and, you know, now I'm, I'm playing catch, throwing a baseball, you know, three, four times a week now. So yeah, it, it does, it does get that fired up a little bit more. Okay. All right. Let's get to my winner and loser, but first. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey, it was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcony's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcony's Pot Still Bourbon. It's big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember, in 2012... Balcony Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen, and became the first American distillery to win that competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, the Balcony's products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners, yeah, they're from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconysDistilling.com. All right, for my winner of the week, thought about going with Steph Curry. And I know the Western Conference Finals, they have, not, they have not started yet as of this recording, but 13 years after leaving Davidson College, Steph Curry graduates. Pretty cool. I like when the guys go back and get their degree, but I don't think it's a coincidence that he did it because Davidson only retires the numbers of players that have graduated. So Steph Curry, by far the most famous per person ever, from Davidson doesn't have his number retired yet because he hasn't graduated. I love that. And they're like, nope, you got to get your degree. And he went and got it. That's awesome. Did you see uh, Jerome Bettis 
graduated Five steps. Yeah. That was pretty cool. He was like, yeah. Yep. Very cool. Nice to, uh, nice to go back and get that done. Um, I wonder if Steph Curry actually got it done or if he made a sizable donation uh, to Davidson's basketball program or something. Either way, I'm fine Doesn't with matter. it. Doesn't he's matter. Got, he's got the degree. Also thought about going with the XFL. This is a pretty big deal, I thought. It was announced yeah. all of its regular season games and playoff games will air on either ESPN, ABC, or FX. Those are all, way, those are all under the Disney umbrella. Disney must love the rock, man. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Um, he's done a bunch of. Uh, was Jumanji Disney? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Is, is some of the, it had to be? Yeah. I'm guessing, and that's that's part of you know having the Rock there is he can leverage some of that, and that works out well for him. I agree with you. It looks like a, a really good deal, and you know, I'll just go back to what I said before about the XFL. I thought it was entertaining and I was enjoying it whenever that first season was rolling along. I know it's difficult financially to make those, those leagues work, but I, I think they're doing a good job with it right now. Yeah. But my winner of the week, the Oklahoma city thunder, the basketball gods have smiled upon us, Ted. They Pretty have, good. They've smiled upon us. Thunder got the 12th or got the 12th pick, but also Got the second pick. They were slotted for the fourth, but they got the second in the NBA draft lottery. Nick Collison did not look thrilled when they got the 12th pick, but right. he was one smirking son of a bitch when they got number two, baby. It was, it was really fun to watch. The drama was awesome. That commercial break was brutal. Oh, but it will, it will be the Thunder's first top four pick since 2009 when of course they selected James Harden and now the debate begins who who do they get it to right and Orlando how about Orlando finally getting the number one overall pick but I I would like to go on record I am a Jabari Smith guy I am a Paulo Bencaro guy I I just don't know about Chet Holmgren. I know everyone says it'll be perfect in OKC system. I get it. And it feels very Sam Presti. Now, maybe he goes number one overall to Orlando because he checks a lot of boxes that Orlando has really liked traditionally in the past. But I really hope we get Jabari Smith. Come on. Come on. I I honestly don't know. Um, now, I've said guys that are as skinny as Holmgren is aren't going to turn out in the NBA, and it's it's been a disaster for me. So I'm not even saying anything about him. Very skilled guy. Very skilled, could do a lot. Um, little hunched over for me. Little yeah, hunched to that back. I I think I like uh, Bancaro, but I like I like Bancaro and Smith a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like Ben Carroll's just maybe has more NBA type of tools, but what do I know? I, you know, I no way of gauging it. I have yeah. no idea. For I'm for going Paolo, to trust also, the process. Uh, also for Paolo, like I like him ever ever since Brundle mist <laughs> mistook <laughs> him for Patrick Mahomes at the Formula One race in Miami. The way he handled that, that was hilarious, and he he was great, but. 
you got the shooting in the defense with Jabari Smith. You got the playmaking, the ball handling at, you know, with, with a big frame with Paolo. And Chet, maybe he's the highest ceiling guy out of all these guys. But if the Thunder end up with any of the three, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be happy, but also you got guys, you know, talking Shaden Sharp, even though he didn't play collegiate game, uh, Keegan Murray is being mentioned as a, a guy that's in the mix there in the top five. So we think we know what Sam Presti's going to do, right? It'll probably be if Chet goes one, you're taking Smith or you're taking uh, Buncaro. But who knows, man? You know, I mean, you really never know with Presti. Trade back, take some more assets. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. But at a couple of things were David Lillard looked so pissed when Portland got second. And I thought, I thought Demonis Sabonis' reaction was hilarious. Uh, Detroit getting the fifth pick. That was, that was pretty brutal for them, but kind of funny. But I, the Pelicans also, and I know what they, they ended up with the eighth pick. They had that Lakers pick, man. I'm telling you, if Zion can get right, Brandon Ingram and some of the pieces they've got, if you get a guy that can contribute with that eighth pick, Pelicans could be interesting, but I'm just so happy that the Thunder moved up two spots instead of like falling two spots. That would have right. been that would have been brutal. And I know the last time that happened, we got Josh Giddy. It's worked out, but it was really nice to to feel like we got a win. To be, we've suffered the last two years. It it felt like the basketball gods were like, "Here you go, Thunder fans. You you guys have earned this for what you've had to watch." Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, it, it's gosh, it, it it's the first opportunity I feel like the Thunder have had in. <sighs> Maybe since I may be missing someone, but maybe since Steven Adams that they've drafted someone that I know who the hell they are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, every other draft has been someone from overseas or far enough back to where it's like, you know, I, okay, I'll trust it. I don't know who this guy is, but okay, we'll see how it works out. This is the first time in a long time that, you've got some real names going into it that you know you're pulling from, which yeah. is awesome. It's, it's way more exciting. <laughs> it's way <laughs> more exciting. I'm so excited. All right, for my loser of the week, man, thought about going with Tariq Cohen. I, I don't know if you saw the video, but just brutal, dude. Uh, tore his knee up last year for the Bears. Bears released him a few months ago. Was doing a workout, streaming it live on Instagram Live. Going, going over some hurdles, going forward, was backpedaling, plants, bam. I didn't see that. Oh, he was Achilles. doing it live? Yeah, on Instagram. Just so brutal. And you could see, he did the classic turn around and look like, who kicked like me? Someone kicked him, yep. It was, and he knew, it, and it looked bad. Like, it was, it was brutal. Oh, man. Yeah. That is did he run over and grab the phone and turn it off? No, he like, just, he let like, like he knew immediately. You could tell it like you could, you can even see it on his face when it like hits him. Like, Oh no. I bet it, it was it opposite leg. 
I I do not know the answer to that. It looked like his right Achilles, if I remember correctly. But huh. yeah, it was just seeing the react. It was. It wasn't like a gruesome watch, but it was just you felt for the guy. You know what I mean? Oh, that sucks. Wow. Yeah. But my loser of the week, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics, man. And, and I know they were coming off a really hard fought, physical, emotional seven game series with Milwaukee. Right. And they, they were coming in only a couple days between that game seven and game one there in Miami. So you figured, hey, man, they're probably going to lose game one. But then no Al Horford. COVID protocol, and we really don't know when he's going to be back, right? No Marcus Smart. He's got a foot sprain. Uh, he's a big, powerful guy. I I don't like when NBA players' feet yeah. are bothering them. And But all that being said, they came out and they looked really solid in the first half in game one against Miami. And they're, I think they were up as many as 13. Took an eight-point lead into the half, but... Miami bullied them in the third quarter. I mean, they just turned up the defensive intensity. And it was like, I mean, it looked like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum couldn't dribble there for a little bit. And Miami outscored them 39-14 in the third. And I'll say it, man. Jimmy Butler, I, he thinks he's the best player in the league. <laughs> he does. And maybe that's all that matters because I'm sure he was, I, you know, the stuff you and I were saying about Jason Tatum, like, okay, where does he stack up now in the league? Like, is he a top five guy? Is he a top three guy? Like, who are you taking before you take Tatum? And Jimmy Butler's hearing that going, man, I'm better than him. I'm better than him. And after watching game one, it's kind of argue against that point because dude, he's that dude. I mean, he had 17 points in that third quarter. He was all over the place defensively. He, he ended up with 41 on 19 shots. He shot two threes in the game, missed them both. Got to the free throw line with 17 of 18 from the free throw line, and it wasn't like cheap getting to the line. Like, it was, they were all pretty legitimate foul calls. Like, it, it was just him being aggressive and forcing the issue and getting calls and, I I don't know, man, but Jimmy Butler, like my opinion of him, and I know they went to the finals back in the bubble year, but like my opinion of him has changed dramatically over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I and I don't know. This is this could be a bad take, but a couple of things. Number one, I feel like the Miami Heat are Way closer, way closer to to how Boston plays than Milwaukee was. I I view Milwaukee as a more finesse team, where the Celtics are more of a bruising type of team, and that matchup is good for them. But whenever you you go up against someone that plays that same way, I feel like it's a little more difficult of a of a matchup. Could be wrong on that. And the other thing is. It felt like one of those games where, and you'll see this in the playoffs, sometimes if a team wins like, say they win the first two games at home, well, the first game they go on the road is almost like uh, we're playing with house money. And if you're up at the end of the third, okay, 
lit because the fourth quarter is brutal. That's whenever that's whenever the physical discomfort comes in. You're tired. Uh, you're beat up. It's like, where are we at the end of the third? Are we in it? Yes. All right. Let's fight for it. No. Okay. You guys can have this one. We're coming back to battle in the next game. I will give Boston credit. They made it a little interesting, not that interesting, but a little interesting there late in the fourth, cut it to like eight or nine. But yeah, as far as the, now they need to get Horford back. I thought they really missed Marcus smart and and what he, he brings defensively. Uh, He, he allows them to be so versatile defensively and how they switch things. But and maybe he's the guy that he, I feel like him and Jimmy Butler have the exact same mindset, right? Where like, they think they're the best players on the planet. Yeah. And I, I do want to see a, a couple of uh, matchups in key fourth quarters between, you know, some one-on-one stuff between those two guys. That'll be fun. But Tatum, he was really good in the first half. And then the second half was just really underwhelming. Turned the ball over a bunch, had like six turnovers in that third quarter, had seven on the game. That was, that was surprising. Um, they really pressured him. I thought PJ Tucker coming back at back out there after the ankle kind of set the tone for the heat, that heat culture, man, but tough, man. it, it all goes back to Jimmy Butler for me. Like he's, I, he, he's not Michael Jordan. I'm not, I, I am not saying that, but like attitude wise, he's starting to give me some Jordan vibes where it's like <laughs> the guys on his team are like, Hey, we got Jimmy. Like he, he he's going to take care of like, he just, I mean, you could tell the confidence, man. And and they had all kinds of he other guys on step both up. Ends of the court too. That's yeah. That's rare. Yeah. He is. I mean, he's impressive. He's really, really impressive. All right. On that note, Episode 215 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. Have fun if you're going to the PGA Championship. Hopefully, I'll see you there. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.